You're listening to episode 39 of the Take the Reins podcast with Nikki Porter. Welcome, and thanks for stopping by. You're listening to Take the Reins, a weekly personal growth podcast for horse owners. If you're invested in becoming the best version of yourself in all your relationships, both human and equine, this is the spot for you. Through our conversations, you will learn how to become a stronger communicator, leader, and deepen the connection you crave both in and out of the arena. Horses have an awful lot to teach us, yet very little of it actually has to do with horses. They reflect back to you who you are emotionally, physically, and energetically. They are a mirror to your soul, and it is time to take an honest look at who you are and who you want to become. I can't wait to connect with you, so here we go. Hello and welcome to the Take the Reins podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Porter, and I hope that you're doing well. I hope that you're getting some great horse time in. The weather here is starting to cool off, and for me personally, that means that I actually get more personal horse time than I do in the summer, and it just feels fantastic. So I actually got to ride my horse today, and it felt fantastic to just be able to go and spend that time, and uh, I look forward to more of those evenings as the winter closes in. I absolutely love summer. I love the warm weather, and I love the ability to go and travel and meet lots of people and work with their horses. But I also really enjoy the shift that we get to have in the new season. We're now done our on-the-road clinics for 2020, and we have switched into our show production mode, and we will be hosting a series of sorting, three-man, two-gate, penning and open arena sort shows over the next oh however many months so from now until April so it's a really interesting dynamic where we go from working hands-on with people and their horses all summer long to really watching people enjoy their horses and we do some teaching over the winter but predominantly we're in show production mode so it's it's pretty cool I really enjoy it and this past weekend we had our first show of the series and it was great it was a beautiful turnout lots of positivity and I love listening to everyone cheer each other on and uh, the cattle were really tough this weekend and everyone you know people were cheering the same for people who were getting four counts as they were for people who were getting 10 counts and they're very far and few between for the 10 counts but it was a really great weekend and uh, reminded me why I enjoy doing these so much. One part of the show weekends that I really love is the ability to spend some concentrated time with some like-minded horse people where we get to spend time in and out of the arena kind of laughing and hanging out and having fun together. So it was a great weekend overall and I hope that you had a fantastic weekend as well. Okay, so speaking about people coming together and being like-minded and enjoying some laughs, I'm looking forward 
to bringing this interview to you today. It was a fun interview to do and I loved how lighthearted it felt and it was just a great conversation with Charlotte Chandler and Tista Wicklow. These two ladies are the creators and founders of Heart Horse. Now, if you haven't heard of Heart Horse, I highly suggest you go check them out on Facebook or Instagram, and you can find them on which Instagram is where I originally found them is Heart Horse Box, and it's really cool what these ladies are up to, and I love the inspiration that they offer to be able to just dive into something that you have a passion for and to pivot during the times to be able to say, how am I going to create a business around the thing I love so much? And then the other aspect is, how do I connect with this person through business that I know we can work well together and that we can create something amazing together. So I hope you enjoy their story. I hope you enjoy this interview. If you like it, do me a favor. It helps this podcast so much when you go and leave a five-star review and comment. Uh, It just, it warms my heart when I see the comments as it is, but those, those reviews really help me out. So if you can do that, that is greatly appreciated. And I hope you thoroughly enjoy this interview with Charlotte and Tista of Heart Horse. Guys, I have a special interview for you today. I'm here speaking to Charlotte Chandler and Tista Wicklow of Heart Horse. Girls, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. We're so excited to be on your show. Thanks, Nikki. No problem. Uh, So we connected a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago, and we've had the joy of speaking already. And I absolutely love what you guys are doing and what you're about. And I really felt like my audience needs to hear from you as well, because I love your story. And I feel like it's so inspiring to I want to say to women, but it would be inspiring to men too, I'm sure. Um, But my audience predominantly is women, horse women. So if you could just give us an idea of who you are and you can just kind of tell us individually, like who you are, what involvement in the horse world you have, and then please, please, please tell us the story of how you met and created Heart Horse. All right. Do you want to start with your story? I would love to. So... (laughs) I have been obsessed with horses since as long as I can remember. I have, you know, a chest full of drawings from childhood at home, all horses. (laughs) And um, I was lucky enough to start riding around four years old. Oh, I'm going to interrupt for a second. Yeah. Remind, I know where we are, but tell us (laughs) where you're speaking to us from. And this is Charlotte that's speaking right now, by the way, guys. (laughs) So where you're speaking to us from, because right now they're in a heat wave, guys, and it's so not relatable for us. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. We are in Los Angeles, California right now. And yeah, I wish we could have a little dose of your cool breeze right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We're hiding out in our shady office to talk to you. <laughs> Lovely. Okay, carry on. Sorry. Yeah. So um, so I started riding when I was four and really quickly got immersed in the show jumping world and was very serious competitor until probably my early 20s. Um, I was really intent on being with horses in every way I could, but that was definitely the discipline that rose out. Um, I grew up on the East Coast of the US and um, it's really popular out there. 
and I definitely had Olympic dreams. I was a working student for my trainer um, who was, I was working with her Grand Prix horses at the time. And then around 22, I had a, what I kind of think of as like my big break from horses. And for about six years, I stepped back and really needed to reimagine what my relationship was with horses and where I saw that going. And they were never far from my thoughts at all though, um, in terms of career. I worked as a jeweler during that time and ended up starting my own line, which I called TAC. And oh, cool. it was very um, equine influenced, non-gendered jewelry line. Um, but it wasn't enough to keep me going without being with the horses in real life. Mm -hmm. And then I think you jump in because then we can merge at our, <laughs> uh, our meeting. Yeah. Um, so I'm Tista. I grew up same, just like horse lover from birth. I started taking lessons at about seven years old and um, got my first horse when I was like 15. Um, and I still have her, do you know? And yeah, I, um, I wasn't competitive. I'm kind of the opposite of Charlotte. I had a really different experience. My family moved into an equestrian neighborhood in Los Angeles where people have horses right in their backyards and can ride up into the trails that are um, in the city, you know, which is pretty spectacular. So That's fantastic. I was really, yeah, I was really lucky to have a lot of um, friends growing up before I was able to have a horse of my own that we would just have amazing summers, you know, like taking off bareback on the, the ponies up in the hills and uh, just having lots of adventures. So I, I really learned um, a lot about Western riding and then natural horsemanship and then got into other forms of horsemanship as well. And um, when I was, let's see, 22, I think. So like, that's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I moved with my horse to Washington from California to finish my undergraduate degree and had these really intense three years of, you know, being a full-time student and working multiple jobs and caring for my horse who, went through injury after injury and we had a bunch of stuff happen. So um, she's definitely my heart horse. I've been on a big journey with her and I um, was really happy to come back to LA and find so much opportunity that I didn't see was here before. Um, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's so interesting. Both of us at 22 kind of having this what, how it was. reframing and sort of new perspective. And I then, love that you're just discovering that right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we spend so much time together, but there's always more. You know? <laughs> um, so yeah, last year, our, we just celebrated our one-year friendiversary, <laughs> and we met in Ojai, California at Mosey Truitt's summit she put on um, called In the Spirit of Horse Summit, mm -hmm. and that was such a tender, special I felt like it was like a breeding ground for a lot of magic that came out of it for all sorts of people who came. Yeah, it was, you know, three days with a bunch of different speakers from the equestrian world and um, people that we've been following their journey, you know, through social media for a while. And it was just really amazing. I really, when I was driving home and I was talking on my, uh, on my phone with my boyfriend about it, I just said, I feel like my heart's just been cracked open. And, oh. and like, you know, it, re it really was a changing point, you know, because I met Charlotte there, mm -hmm. which was um, really great. But then also just seeing all these really empowered women come together and be such a supportive community. I was so interested in, you know, 
learning more about our love of horses and how we can support our relationships with them. Mm -hmm. And something so special about that moment we met too, that I think is so in the spirit of cart horse and how that came to be was for me, like I'm definitely, I identify as an introvert, although Tista would contest, <laughs> but, um, but especially, um, in big crowds, not knowing anybody, and especially full of professionals who inspire me, I can definitely tend to be on the quieter, reserved side, just wanting to be the voyeur. And I remember we were walking from one speaker's presentation out to another, and you just walked up beside me and said, hi, I'm Tista. And I was like, I can't believe this like really cool, <laughs> beautiful LA girl is just coming up to me and like introducing herself so easily. And that really, um, that whole weekend and especially that moment, I think is something that I feel is so important about what's inspired Heart Horse. Um, and Did you both go to the summit alone? Um, you knew someone. I knew a lot of people there actually. Okay. Yeah. So I, and especially my friend Frida, she is the head trainer at A Little Rescue, which is a okay. wonderful rescue in Thousand Oaks, California. So she was kind of my ticket in. She knew all these other amazing people. And oh, so I kind of got into the in crowd there with her. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, but I did, I did kind of go along, but you were yeah. definitely, it was, was like with the cool kids and I was like, where should I eat lunch? I'll just sit <laughs> Where's over Where's my here. seat? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think I even like went home during lunch one day. Just yeah. To be. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And really it was so amazing to be in a space where people were so open and that's something in the world at large and also in the horse world is so lacking in our experiences mm -hmm. is that openness and a supportive energy and mm -hmm. being excited about meeting somebody new mm -hmm. and not um, exclusionary or offensive. Yeah. And yeah. that was the first time I'd ever, after, you know, a lifetime in the horse world and living and breathing it, in a particular vein, I had never experienced something like that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Because, so I grew up in the hunter world until I uh, made a major shift and I shifted from the hunter world to cattle penning. And <laughs> what, it, like the major change that I saw there, other than the fact that I went from like the image of what you're doing and everything had to be like perfect perfection and like pretty. And it was, it was all based around how it looked to like, nobody cared how it looked. And it was based on adrenaline pretty much. And I'm so not an adrenaline junkie at all. So a lot of out of control in my, my eyes compared to where I was like, they're not out of control, but it felt out of control to me. And so the major thing that I saw was a different sense of community. Um, and that was a turning point for me where I started to see the possibilities in horse owners actually coming together in a competitive space that was competitive, but not cutthroat. Um, and it, they were competitive within themselves more so than they were competitive against others. So the, the time that that became the most clear is, someone's horse actually was lame. And I, I just recall 
feeling like, oh, this is so not how this situation would have played out growing up. Because if someone's horse came up lame in my teen years while I was in, in a competition, I feel like judgment would have been the first response. And in this situation, it was giving. So people were like, oh gosh, like your horse isn't, is, it's not, it's lame here. Have my horse for this run. And I'm like, wow. you're what? You're volunteering <laughs> your horse for this run? Like, how is that possible? And because it wasn't based on this like individual competition, which was what I was used to, it just gave a whole other sense of community. And it it's amazing. So now I've switched into reining since then. I see you know, little pieces of the hunter world, but I still see a lot of really strong and positive community within this discipline. So that's been very good, I guess. Yeah. I'm so glad you found that. That makes so much sense too, about the um, team aspect Mm -hmm. and supporting each other in that place. Definitely um, in my experience in show jumping, it's more of what you were describing in the hunter world. I definitely um, resonated. I, I started in hunters, but yeah, that, that feeling of it all just being about looks mm-hmm. really turned me off. And that's mm-hmm. how I ended up in jumpers was yeah. just like, well, if you go the fastest and you knock the least yeah. holes down, yeah. you bought it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, yeah, I think my switch into the penning world was like that refresher of like, yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. I still wanted to look good going into the pen. (laughs) Like I still, I still felt like, you know, if I wasn't good at it, I may as well be cute doing it, but (laughs) it, it, I didn't feel as judged by the other riders. I was doing it more so for myself than I was because of, um, an external pressure. So that I found that kind of interesting. Okay. We're going to go back on track here. So (laughs) I love the story of how you guys met and then, the next piece to this puzzle is you've now met each other, you're at this summit, and so often we meet people while we're away, whether it be like, you know, we go on a trip to Cuba and like we meet people we don't know, but it doesn't mean that we come home and become business partners or best friends. It like so, most often it ends there. Um, so tell us how that turned into what you have today. Well, we were extremely lucky that we ended up living only like 10 minutes apart. <laughs> so that, I mean, I, well, seriously, it's a joke. Like in Los Angeles, you're like, you have to, you can't have friends that are like live too far away. I'm like, oh, I'm in Pasadena. You're in Santa Monica. Like, I'm really sorry. We can't be friends. Like, <laughs> it's, just, it's It can be so hard with the traffic and everything, mm-hmm. but Um, Yeah, so that was a real, like, fortunate coincidence, Um, and we just started hanging out, and Charlotte didn't have a horse at the time, so I would take her to get her horse fixed with me to the barn to visit my horse. Yeah, it was so special. I still remember that first we had, like, we brought breakfast or lunch, I think, and (laughs) sat with Juno, and at the time we met, I didn't have a horse of my own anymore, but I was working um, professionally doing equine Reiki. And so it was really cool to, um, you know, transition with you by my side towards where I am now with my heart horse Salem. And, um, that was part of my transition with horses was I had asked so much of them as a competitor. And then I had a really hard time finding what felt right to come back. Mm -hmm. 
And Reiki was really an incredible stepping stone for me because it gave me the opportunity to be with horses, mm. but ask nothing of them Get at all. back versus receive. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then it's been a beautiful transition getting to go back, bring that attitude into having a horse to care for. And, you know, of course, there are times we need to ask, ask, things, ask yeah. things of them and <laughs> yeah. have that attitude with it. Yeah. Um, the Charlotte and I are both, when we met, really at a transition point, I feel like, um, like Charlotte was just kind of ending things with her really successful jewelry company, TAC. Um, and I, you know, had graduated from university like a year before and was still just like, you know, what the heck am I going to do with my life? Because right. nothing was appealing. And um, so I was in a, in a serving job I really didn't like. And so we both for many months, you know, talked about how can we pivot into a career with horses when both of us aren't horse trainers and don't really care to be, you know, follow mm -hmm. that, that road in particular. Mm -hmm. um, and we really just for so, so long, we're like, I don't know, I don't know, how are we going to make this work? And we knew we wanted to do something together because um, we have such compatible views mm -hmm. and complementary skills. Um, so something that I really love about Charlotte and getting to know her and what she brings to the business is that, that more feeling side, like Charlotte spent a lot of time, you know, on the inner work side of being mm -hmm. a horse person and with her Reiki and her animal communication and stuff like that. It's really, uh, she brings the woo in a way that like, I can really understand and relate to, and is really wonderful as a part of our business. Mm -hmm. And then for me, I spent you know, all this time looking and learning about, you know, the science of animal training, horse training and um, horse care. And so this merging, it came when we thought, you know, we're like, we have, we've learned all this, you know, we have all this that we want to give and how can we build our love with horses and still have them in our lives, but then make it a career as well. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of how Heart Horse came to be. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So tell us, what is Heart Horse? You go ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, I would say in, in shortest form, we always say Heart Horse is a community of inspired and empowered people whose hearts belong to their horses. Amazing. And so very much at the heart of who we are is a community first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And that community exists online on a platform um, we're hosted by mighty networks which is really cool um i would say i i'm not a big facebook fan but i would describe it easily like that like if you know how to use facebook you'll know how to use this but it's completely separate there's not ads you're not getting distracted by random mm -hmm. pop-ups um and that's a really incredible space where we have educational courses that we put together. We have live meetings with our members. You can chat with other people. Um, we have spaces for um, if you need to reach out and need support from the community, or you have a question on keeping in care, or you just wanna share mm -hmm. something funny that came up with you and your horse. Um, so that's really where a lot of the magic happens is in our community. Okay. And repeat one more time. Cause it's not on Facebook. So people are going to be like, what, where, where are we going? <laughs> where, where yeah. do we go other than Facebook? So if you are interested in checking us out, you can head over to hearthorsebox.com. And we actually have a free two week trial for anybody who wants to just poke around because we know it's something different. It's a platform you haven't been on before. And the best way to get to know it is to see it in person and cool. see what it's like um, firsthand. So we really encourage everybody to 
check us out, come visit awesome. us. Um, you can come to a live meeting. You'll probably catch one of our courses with a guest speaker. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much in there. And then another part of Heart Horse that is so exciting to us and Tista and I are really tactile people. We're both Tauruses. We love to be spoiled. And um, so we really, the community is so important, but something that really was born out of that energy that feels so heart horse is that in-person connection. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting that heart horse came to be during this particular time right. <laughs> because we really started talking about it last January and there was a lot that had to change about what we envisioned for it because there were a lot more true in-person aspects to this. Mm -hmm. um, but that's really where the box that we do, Heart Horse Box, has um, really filled in and created that tangible experience mm -hmm. So we have a box that we mail out to our members and we really focus on um, act, ways that you can sort of have this tactile experience between yourself and your horse that also all the other members are having too. So it's a way mm -hmm. you can sort of connect in person, sort of mm -hmm. like when you're in a long distance relationship and right. if you don't get enough experiences together, you sort of run out of things to talk about yeah. at a certain point. Yeah. And so it's this way of, allowing us all to be connected in a, in a way that feels really rooted in your own experiences mm -hmm. to outside of showing up for the online community. Interesting. So I love that because I actually had like a two hour long conversation with a woman yesterday. I've never met her face to face. Um, <laughs> we just found each other online we hopped on zoom yesterday and that seemed to really be part of um, the reason we came together was we're both looking to create shared experiences. So I love that, you know, you guys pivoted, you knew you wanted to create shared experiences for people uh, personally and in person, and then COVID hit. So now mm -hmm. what? And rather than just giving up, you just went, oh, okay, let's just readjust here. Um, so the subscription boxes, those, do you have those so that they actually go out? If you like uh, go and find your community and it, that's where you have your free trial, is that part of that community or are you getting the subscription box and then you can go on the community if you want to? So we're actually in the process of changing the model a little bit. Okay. How it's worked in the past, well, how it's worked up to this point um, since we launched at like beginning of June. So it's all still pretty new. Yeah. Um, we have right now it's only offered as the box and the community as one subscription okay. per month. Yeah. Um, when we started, we were open to international orders, but um, mm -hmm. shipping costs have just skyrocketed since everything that's happened. So we had to stop offering that, unfortunately. Yeah. So now we're moving into a different model um, that you can either do the herd, which is our online community mm -hmm. or the herd plus the box. Um, and it's, it's a monthly fee every month. And then you can either just be in the online community, which is perfect for international yeah. fans and people who want to be a part of the community, or you can do the box, which will be shifting into an every other month delivery. Right now we're on an every month delivery, but um, we found it was a little easier for ourselves to find mm -hmm. the items that we wanted to include in the box when we have more time to really craft it. Because um, that's something that's special about our box too. You know, a lot of the subscription boxes that are out there are really focused on um, things that are more for your horse, which mm -hmm. is great. 
um, and it's beautiful. But as equestrians, we're always buying things for our horses. You know, that's where most of our money goes for most of us. So um, we like to really focus on items that can either be used for you and your horse. So our um, hard horse herd brew was one of the items we featured in our signature box. And that's actually an herbal blend of tea that you can enjoy or your horse can enjoy. Oh, um, oh. Our horses love it, actually. That's awesome. So, so stuff like that and things that are um, things that are more for you and more support you and your relationship and your horse um, mm-hmm. that are a little more like focused on self-care and that are mm-hmm. uh, meaningful items or items that you can use one, enjoy once and then you get something new the next month that you can enjoy. Yeah, that's definitely, I think as equestrians, we all know how spread thin we are. We're notorious for doing everything before taking care of ourselves. And so um, the box really is there to help support everybody who we know are pouring so much love and time and passion into their time with their horse and then also their careers, if that's separate or the same. And rarely that leaves enough time for yourself. And so we really wanna be able to show up for you in those ways. I love it. Oh, it's so (laughs) great. So I really feel like when I think of the intention behind the business and the conscious choice of like what you're placing in the box and how you're supporting this community on so many different levels, and then think of hard horse and how our hard horses function in our lives and how they would want us showing up for them in order for us to be, you know, the best that we can be not only for them, but for ourselves. I absolutely love that this whole creation that has come Mm -hmm. out of a passion for horses supports all of that. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. It's really important to us. You know, as you said, like it, it changed, things change for you when you shift to disciplines. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people have had that experience where, you know, it can be isolating in the horse world, either because of disciplines or breeds or training methodologies and all that stuff. And it becomes very insular to a degree yeah. when really we're having, we're all having so many of the same experiences that we can mm-hmm. share and that we can learn from together. Um, and there's so much about loving horses and having a relationship with them that doesn't have anything to do with like the specifics of mm-hmm. training or training for a particular kind of competition. So mm-hmm. in creating Heart Horse, we wanted to create that space that was outside of those training methodologies and outside of discipline and breed where everybody is welcome and it's safe space for everyone to come together and share in that love. Right. So often conversations can end early in the equestrian world because mm-hmm people are coming with such a training mindset that it's like we can't get past that to really get to like the meat of what we're talking about and what we're feeling and where we can really grow from Mm -hmm. and so it's interesting that um you know so often we feel like in the horse world like you can be a trainer and that's kind of it and then we were like well let's just do everything besides that training's (laughs) not even a discussion and you know, not that people can't find space and chat amongst themselves. We totally encourage that, but we really don't talk about it. We're not giving people training suggestions or solutions to issues that they're bringing up. It's really more about supporting their particular journey with their unique course. And that's so specific to everybody. And there isn't going to be this one size fits all. Um, And there's so many amazing trainers out there who have online communities that you can join and that are exclusively about training. Mm -hmm. And it's so refreshing to be in a space where we don't have to think about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
and where we can connect to the things that horses, the lessons that horses teach us about the other aspects of our lives. Yes. You know, where we can talk about how, wow, this thing that happened with my horse made me like blew my mind and open up this idea about right. my partnership with my boyfriend or, you know, or whatever it is. There's like, they, you know, we, we love horses, not just because of what we can do with them, you know, or what mm -hmm. they do for us, but because of all the ways that they touch on these aspects of our lives and bring us to these new understandings about ourselves. So mm -hmm. having a space to really dive into that and talk about that um, yeah. has been really, it's been really fun. It's just really amazing and fun. <laughs> so and I knew as soon as I saw what you guys were producing and even just the name Herd Horse Box was enough for me to be like, wait a second, <laughs> these girls are on the same level right now. We're traveling a similar path. So then it's interesting that you say that because you worded it beautifully. And that is, ex those exact feelings are what created this podcast. So I love that we're coming together and having this conversation because when we think of the love of horses, so often we do get stuck in, and I come from a quite a competitive background as well, is that you get stuck in the go, go, go of it all and, and the setting the goals and doing the things and, and trying to figure out what validates you as a horse person or a horsewoman. So how are you, um, what makes you, I often say like, what makes you a good horse rider? And there's so many ways that people classify you as either good or indifferent or whatever it might be. And I feel like we internalize that. And it's so often competitive based when there's so much more to why we have horses to begin with. And, you know, my husband and I actually work with a lot of women who, are, who never go into the competitive space there. They have horses, a lot of women actually that like, they just get horses when their children decide that they're out of the house. So like maybe their daughters have ridden or taken lessons in the past and it sparked a little bit of an interest for them. And then the kids grew up and then they have an empty nest and they're like, I'm going to get a horse for mm -hmm. the first time ever. Like what, what draws a woman in her late forties to say, okay, I'm going to take on this literal life passion. Like you don't typically, you don't dabble in horses. <laughs> Pretty impossible. Not for long, anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to stay there long if you do. So it's amazing what connects us all that makes us do all the hard work in all the worst weather and cry the tears and go through the self doubt. Like what makes us persevere through everything? And it really is the connection to the heart that our horses bring. Yeah. Right. So I love that you've created that community. And we have to be online right now. So fantastic job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that worked out and yeah. worked out pretty well. Not everyone's very comfortable with Zoom now, which is great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because a lot of our, all of our meetings and our um, online classes that we bring in other professionals to come mm -hmm. speak to our members, that happens on Zoom. And, you know, it's, it's a beautiful way to connect to people. And it's amazing mm -hmm. how much you can learn when the entire world of equestrians is open to you, you know, yeah. and making friendships with people yeah. all over the place. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty wonderful. I'm really excited to see how it grows. Yeah, me too. I mean, that's been one of the really fun things about Hard Horse too, is how, um, is watching it unfold and how mm -hmm. as a community, you know, we're setting the foundation for it, but it's really 
directed by the people that are mm -hmm. showing up and what their needs and wants are. And it's so exciting to see what comes up and how we can support what they need in the moment and how we've been, yeah, re-envisioning. And, um, you know, part of our restructuring too is like an emphasis on accessibility and yeah. knowing that not everybody, like, many of us, myself included, like we're, we're short for cash after we're paying for all the things for our horses. So mm -hmm. really making price points that are super accessible so that yeah. everybody in the horse community can be there. And I yeah. think that that's really the future of horsemanship is mm -hmm. releasing this idea of it being such an exclusionary yeah. and yeah. wealthy only community. Yeah. And I do see that shift is happening. We're all a part of, of this community. And so I really feel like um, we're all taking on a responsibility right now to make sure that we are creating, um, helping create a world that in general is just kinder, really. Yeah. So, and it's, it's so interesting because if I speak to, and you guys might understand this as well, and especially um, you, Charlotte, where you come from a competitive background is it's a lot, or I guess it's often that you would hear somebody speak negatively about their experience um, in the horse world. And if people get out of the horse world, it's very little to do with the amount of work and money that it costs and very much to do with the environment that they felt like they were in. Um, so that alone needs to change. Yeah, right? I could not agree more. That was definitely, um, that was so well said to exactly what my experience was. Mm -hmm. You know, I was where I thought I needed to be and horses were really the touchstone of my life and my identity. And there was a day that I can remember crystal clear where I was out working with the horses and I, there was no joy there. And it wasn't that I didn't love the horses anymore. And that's when I really knew that there was something like deeply awry. Yeah. And that's when I needed to step back and sort of say like, what is this all about? Mm -hmm. If what I've always loved the most in the world and about myself is no longer feeling yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, the horse world is a place that's, you know, steeped in tradition, which can yes. be beautiful. You know, tradition yes. is is amazing in so many ways, but it's also really, really limiting and it's really mm -hmm. hierarchical. Like, yeah. it's about this person passing on this wisdom to this person. You're the student, I'm the master or whatever yeah. it is. And I think, you know, part of the shift that needs to happen in the horse world and that we're interested in supporting is making it more about how can we all learn from each other and all support mm -hmm. each other. Um, instead of and and find new ways you know tradition's beautiful but it's also really important to push against it a little bit mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. look to different opportunities yeah mm -hmm. and that's one of the cool things about um the, the virtual world and mm -hmm. having this online community um whereas i think both of us um naturally are more inclined to have in-person connections um and mm -hmm. that's a very traditional mindset but really utilizing what's so great about mm -hmm. the online universe is the incredible ability to spread knowledge across mm -hmm. continents and mm -hmm. you know we talk pretty regularly with one of our friends in new zealand yeah. about <laughs> what she's doing with her horse and learn from her and share with her and that would just never be a possibility otherwise. So yeah. 
really trying to see those silver linings of where we're at. And they've su totally surprised me and excited me for sure. Mm -hmm. Same here for like COVID shifted my priority in who I reached out to. So it's interesting that we had to social distance, but I actually strengthened the connections with so many people that bring light. So because it was such a, it was such an interesting time where we were no longer just out and just randomly having conversations and only speaking to people we work with and only speaking to people who are at the barn, you're having to consciously choose who you're going to interact with on a daily basis. And so I had a friend re-enter my life and she's in France. And so we'll hop on zoom and we'll just kind of like right back and forth. And I really feel we probably would have reconnected, but I feel like zoom gave or zoom yes, zoom, but COVID mm -hmm. gave us that opportunity to really prioritize the friendship. And we both knew we were home, which is fantastic. So, and technology has been great to be able to make those connections in a world that honestly, it's not as connected as we've tried to make it. Right. Yeah. And that's something else that, or, you know, one of the reasons why we chose a, sep a platform that was separate from Facebook to yeah. the online community, because it is that like little bit of a paradox where like, we're the most connected we've ever been, yeah. yet we hardly can ever connect, you know? So, Absolutely. And we, you know, we love social media, like Instagram has been huge in both of our lives and, and helping us as horse women. And That's how I met you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Lots of connections made. Yeah. Um, but the problem can be that those connections and stay on a very surface level. Yes. You start to believe only what you see through other people's Instagrams. And that can be really isolating for you because it's Instagram is only just a teeny little and the most shiny sliver of someone's life. You know? yeah. So we really love that we were able to find a platform where, you know, it still has a lot of the same functions. So we can, you know, post mm -hmm. courses and have videos and, and do all these different things and people can um, post their own things on it. But it, uh, it isn't so it's just more intimate and, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, especially too, we're talking about this, like bringing in the side of horse, horse women and feminine feel and you know Facebook and Instagram are the opposite of that they are yeah. like yeah. the internet as patriarchy and you yeah. know there's a man behind a curtain who's making all the decisions of what you're seeing and yeah. um, it's not even what you're necessarily wanting to see all the time yeah. it's just what you know what's being shown and so mm -hmm. being able to be somewhere separate than that where it is just organic and mm -hmm. is completely driven by everybody who shows up um and nobody else and we're not prioritizing anything it's all right. just flowing interesting yeah that's an interesting perspective really shifting from such a curated reality to mm -hmm. an authentic reality so rather than only seeing the highlights, only seeing the things that fit within the algorithm or whatever it might be, you know, like I have, I've pulled back from Facebook in the sense that I no longer go to it in order to connect other than like, I'll message people back and forth, but I don't go in order to see what people are up to in yeah. a sense, I will make those phone calls or I will text or whatever, but I don't use it as a place to, to trick myself into feeling like I am keeping up with my friends um, via their Facebook feed because I'm not seeing everything that they post. And so I'll, you know, it just, yeah. 
It's a strange, that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's definitely a lot. And something I really appreciated you saying, and we had a conversation before was, you know, that like as small business people who are small businesses as equestrian professionals Mm -hmm. that exist outside of training, how can we connect with each other and lift each other up and make sure that we're being seen? Because um, part of that tradition too, is that, you know, trainers, especially trainers who get the, all the clinics and who are these big ticket you know, names, they're the ones who get seen and get the notoriety when there's so much richness in the equestrian world and so much knowledge um, learn from other professionals who aren't seen within that paradigm. So yeah. I also love like, yeah, having this space to connect to other horse lovers who then connect you to other professionals mm-hmm. that you haven't heard about or other resources. So mm-hmm. Oh, the, the knowledge is vast, let me tell you. And it does feel that way. Like I, I know I have a habit if somebody says, oh, well, who should I, da, 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 da. I tend to automatically say, well, if you, you know, if you're going to follow one person, I should, I suggest you probably go and check out Warwick, but there's so many other phenomenal horsemen and women, and they might not be as comfortable putting themselves out there so then they don't get that same sort of um audience and then they don't get the you know the credit so it's interesting because a lot of my interviews are actually happening with people that i'm just kind of meeting organically through social media but also through somebody saying oh my gosh like i spoke to this person once and this person said this person's great um and I've had people who, you know, people have never heard of before. And then I've had people who lots of people have heard of before, but I think it's very important for people to come together and realize like, just because someone is out there doesn't mean they're the only one that has all of the knowledge that you should be taking in because it's, it's amazing how much people are gaining in knowledge around horses right now. I feel like it's just like this, this, snowball that's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and everyone's like holy it's huge it's amazing it's great yeah I mean well I didn't have the you know um, sports background that you guys had Mm -hmm. and I had this in some ways like friendlier and more welcoming and more (laughs) upbringing in the horse world I was so cut off from knowledge you know I really didn't have anyone guiding me into learning about horses in a real way it was kind of just like Oh, which I'm, which I'm fine. They just like, she's having fun. They're good. Like right. nobody's oh, dying. Yeah, no one's dying. No one's bleeding. It's good. Like, <laughs> but I was amazed, you know, when I, when I did make that move with my horse and we encountered all these difficulties, I was like, Oh my God, I'd like finally realized how much I didn't know, even though I had yeah. been with at that point, like working with other horses for yeah. you know, 15 years or whatever. So it's just, yeah. Tista, it's- just a heads up. It won't matter who you learn from and how much you learn, you will continue to go, oh my God, I didn't know anything. Oh my God, I don't even know how to lead my horse. I remember I I did a clinic with a woman. She's phenomenal. Like this woman, just like, she has such a feel and an understanding and a beautiful way of teaching and working with horses. And I was, this would have been in 2017. I had just finished teaching. I just left teaching and was going into more horse-centered business. And I was walking my mare, who's very feely. I was walking her from the indoor arena to an outdoor paddock. 
And I don't even know what I did, but whatever I did, Andrea saw me and she walked over and she took the lead rope out of my hand and she took my horse and put her out in the paddock. And I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, I started crying. Of course I walked, waited, walked away from her and composed myself while she was there with me. And then I walked away and really like had a major meltdown about the fact that I didn't even know how to lead a horse. And I was however many years into my riding career and I just left teaching and da, 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 da. And then I really reflected on it. It was like, I'm so glad she did that. Like what a moment for me to just have a reality check and to say, I can improve at a foundational level. I don't have all of the answers, even when it comes to like the most minor of tasks, because every single level of us from horses to humans to everything can be improved. Like we can, we can go back and really build on like the smallest pieces. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was really, I was not appreciative at first. <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that's something that's awesome about um, also getting to meet and hear from equestrians who are new to the equestrian world, because they have so much insight being people who haven't been steeped in the tradition who haven't had years to build up these bad habits or this false knowledge or whatever it is. You know? So it's really cool to hear from those women in there, you know, yeah. Uh, age who are now coming to it as newbies because they have insight that we miss because we're so we're so knowledgeable (laughs) I kind of think that is in the same way of like personal growth because I remember being mad at the age of 30 really holding on to a, a, a little bit of resentment over the fact that I had grown to a grown woman who'd had a child and was, you know, like in a long-term relationship, I've made it this far in life. And no one had told me about things like the law of attraction and how to do taxes and like that my thoughts are powerful and like Mm -hmm. all of these awakening pieces, taxes, clearly not part of that, but I'm sure it plays a role, (laughs) but all of these pieces that helped me grow as a person to be able to let go of so much shame and blame and to just begin to like be within myself and trust myself as a person in my, in my intuition. I don't think I even heard the word intuition growing up. And I remember being really resentful of that. And then I think of my daughter who already has an understanding of mindset and energy and like the relationship with animals and all of those things. And I'm like, why, why didn't I learn it? But oh my gosh, she's set up right now to learn it at the age of seven. So I guess I should like, well, I already have let go, but um, it's that same sort of feeling of like, you see these women coming in and you're like, oh, you're so lucky to be coming in and getting this knowledge now. You're going to miss so many of those years where I struggled and you're enlightened so much sooner. Like, good for you. I'm so proud. (laughs) Absolutely. It's amazing. It's amazing how different just, yeah, the new generations that are coming up. Like, Mm -hmm. it seems, I'm sure everybody feels that way throughout history, but I'm coming to that point in my own life where you can really see the stark contrast and see those differences and be so excited for Mm -hmm. what's coming and especially for the horses and the way that we interact with them and the way our society as a whole is valuing consent and input Mm. sides and I just think it's really exciting. Mm -hmm. 
Me too. Okay, ladies. That was a great conversation. That's not where I expected our conversation to go. So <laughs> that was that was lovely, but I won't keep you for much longer because uh, I have to run off and do all the things. My daughter is being very patient upstairs for me right now. So I'm going to just finish this up with you guys letting us know how do we find you online? Um, I know that you have the hardhorsebox.com and that's where people can go to find your online community and your two week free trial, which is fantastic. But tell us where do we find you on Instagram, on Facebook? Do you mind if people creep you on Instagram individually? (laughs) You know, all the things. Awesome. Yeah, you can find us um, at hearthorsebox on Instagram. And my personal Instagram is at Charlotte Chandler. There's no D in Chandler in case you were going to slip it in there. I'll just erase that right now. Okay, got it. And um, what about yours? You have a couple. Well, yeah, my my one that I use for like horse life stuff is at Mind Heart Horse. Um, nice. Charlotte and I have both been pretty terrible about updating our, our personal accounts since we've been so heavily invested in Heart Horse. Yeah, yes. all social media energy goes to that. So if you want to get in touch with us, the Heart Horse Box on Instagram okay. is uh, where we're most active. But okay. On Facebook too, um, I think it's backslash hard horse box. I just looked it up. And and if you yeah. like listening to us chat, we have a podcast too. Yeah, hard horse. Podcast. Oh, I think I just realized that. So <laughs> it's really funny you say that because I meant to mention it. I I knew that you guys had the hard horse box, and that was kind of like what prompted me to reach out to you. And then I remember it was, it must've been late at night this week, because that tends to happen, um, that I was like cruising back through and I saw that you have a podcast. So that's fantastic. Um, when did you get started with your podcast? Tell us a little bit about it. I'm going to go and listen now that I like have recalled this. <laughs> yeah. I'm going as our guest sometimes. Absolutely. Because- Anytime. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we started, I honestly can't remember. It's been such a whirlwind, but sometime in the last couple of months, um, <laughs> we, did, we did our 13th episode. Oh, and lovely. We do. It's a little bit, it's very casual. Um, okay. A lot of episodes are me and Charlotte talking together about a topic. Right. And then we have had some guests and we're planning more guests for the future. Okay. Um, yeah, we, awesome. we really enjoy doing it. And I love seeing how many equestrian podcasts are now. It's so yeah. beautiful to hear from everybody. So are you on a schedule? So can we find you and your, your episodes like on a specific day? Because I know that part of when you become addicted to podcasts is you kind of have to work it into your schedule and you're like, oh man, this one comes out on, well, mine comes out on a Tuesday morning. So, you know, I have a lot of people who really bank on me having that out on Tuesday morning. So when do we get to have your new releases? That's okay. I mean, I'm the one who edits the podcast so <laughs> on, on me and it can be, I'm sure, you know, very time consuming. Yes, it's uh, very time consuming. Yeah. People don't realize. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, we try for every week. Okay. We usually get them out on Fridays. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So, commitment, and I would just like to say this is not a hard <laughs> because it, you know, it, we, Charlotte and I have, oh my gosh, we feel like we're working like five different jobs sometimes. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to uh, keep all our ducks in a row, but generally once a week. Generally, okay. yeah, 
one of our favorite things. So the best part is that we're having this conversation and that people will be like, okay, so not this week, but that's okay because they're obviously taking care of themselves and not breaking themselves in order to have this podcast out. So I respect that. (laughs) And if you miss us, you can join us in the herd and we'll be there. Okay, perfect. That's fantastic. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much, ladies. I really appreciate you hopping on and um, let's keep in touch. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Nikki. It's been a treat to talk to you. Awesome. Talk to you soon. Okay. Talk to you soon, girls. All right. Bye now. that's it for today. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a review and share it with your friends. To learn more about me and what else I have on the go, skip on over to NikkiPorter.ca. Thanks again for listening and we'll connect again next week. Until then, remember, you have the power to take the reins and live the life you've always wanted. You just have to step into the arena with an open heart and an open mind.